Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. Today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading other people. So I see leaders all the time that do certain things that slow down their organization. And I'm going to give you some examples here because I look at speed as everything. It's the most precious commodity we have in reality is time. And if we can shorten a time frame, use our time other ways and other places, because we've shortened that time frame, we've now created more capacity to produce and deliver and provide impact. So I think about organizations that are not conscious of their time and how much different that type of organization is versus a top level organization that really embraces the value of time. And there are things that leaders do. I see very, very successful leaders that unknowingly are doing things that are actually slowing their organization down. I have leaders scratching their heads saying, why can't we do things at a faster pace? And in reality, I tell them, you are actually the problem. You're the, you're the source of where this ultimately is. Uh, there's bottlenecks and things are slowing down. And then they realize this is happening. So I'm going to give you some examples of what I've seen. Now, having run organizations for 20 plus years, I was guilty of many of these things too. There were times I didn't realize I was doing this and I look back and say, wow, I could have done this differently. And I have learned tremendously over the years in working with leaders and teams and organizations. So here's the first thing that I think about. Um, who likes meetings? There are so many different meetings that take place in corporate America now and in businesses. And much of that time that's in meetings is wasted time. So I think about how much time our society wastes sitting in meetings that we don't need to be in. Either there are people that are in those meetings that don't need to be there, or we have meetings that are longer than they need to be, or meetings that are totally useless. The people that actually like meetings tend to be unproductive people. The people that don't like meetings or even hate meetings are the most productive people. If you took a poll of all your people in your organization and just said, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about having meetings? Um, unless it's a meeting that's generating revenue, most people are going, your top producers are going to say they do not like those meetings. They don't like them. So think really hard as a leader about what is the purpose of having this meeting, of getting this group together? What's the desired outcome? What are we in this meeting to actually talk about? I know leaders that run routinely different meetings that'll happen every single week or uh, once a month, or in some cases, I know some that do it every single day. You've really got to challenge yourself to ask if that time is valuable and it's productive and it's driving a certain outcome. So number one on that list is, is long meetings, meetings that are longer than they need to be. Now, here's an interesting thought. If you can shave 15 minutes off of a meeting, if you can save in your schedule and those people that you're leading 15 uh, minutes a day, and just think about just doing the math, 
15 minutes doesn't really sound like a big deal. What are you going to do with 15 minutes? They're probably going to blow it. Well, not really, because that 15 minutes over the course of a year amounts to two and a half weeks working weeks. Just think about that. 15 minutes a day saved of time amounts to over two working weeks of productivity. That's unbelievable. Half an hour is almost five weeks. That is unbelievable. So really think about, does that hour-long meeting that you're scheduling for an hour, does it really need to be an hour? Well, what if you're done in 40 minutes? Can you get that done instead of 40 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? So think about the time frame of those meetings. Secondly, some meetings I see that are just totally useless. There's no point to it. It's just because, hey, we meet every Monday. We got to meet every Monday. Okay, well, do you really challenge yourself to say, is that really essential? What are we getting done and what's the purpose of this? Uh, that's number two, useless meetings. Third, I've seen is too many people in meetings. I've seen meetings that have 20 people when they don't. you don't need five people in that. Jeff Bezos has a great rule and it's the pizza rule. Never have a meeting with more people than one pizza will feed. That's a great rule. Figure that's three or four people in a meeting. He doesn't have meetings with more people than that unless it's a shareholder meeting or something very unique. So think about the importance of the people and the time. If I can have three people in a meeting instead of 10, I've saved the time of those seven people that are now being productive and out there doing things versus sitting in this meeting. Okay, so challenge yourself to think about that. Um, Here's another thing, getting away from meetings. Uh, Too many approvers in the decision-making process. So I've seen companies where... uh, there were multiple levels of approval. I've actually seen a company where there were, I've seen several companies like this, where to even hire a lowest level staff person, there were so many people involved in that decision. I'm not saying that's not an important position, but there were so many people's time that was devoted toward hiring that person, it became really unbelievably wasteful. Um, because the people that were involved with that were even senior leaders of the organization. You know, I got to say, if you have not built your organization in a way where you can trust the fact that that department head or that person that's in the director's role or leader's role for hiring that position, that you can't trust them to make that decision, well, you got the wrong person in there. So if you've got to go up three levels of chain of command to approve a base level position, uh, that's a, that's a problem. I've seen organizations where to to cha- uh, get uh, a new marketing initiative or even a small thing done takes multiple layers of approval, and all that's going to do is drag out your process and waste time, uh, endless endless hours, if not days and days and days of time. Uh, and time is money, as we know. Here's another one, number uh, five. Uh, no one to back up. So in other words, uh, there's an organization, I'm thinking of one right now where I was in contact with trying to get something done and I was the customer. So they were making money from my decision to work with them. And I could not make progress with this company. I couldn't get an answer because the person I was emailing apparently had some kind of personal issue, which I totally get, uh, but was not responding to the email. I was only given this person's individual contact information assuming that she was not responding for some other reason and became agitated at that and ultimately lost interest in dealing with the company. Well, she then followed up with me and said, I'm sorry, I've had all these personal stuff. I felt horrible, but I get it. But at the same point, it's that leader's job to make sure that if that person is out, 
somebody else is handling that, right? There's not just one go-to and everything rests on this one person. And if they're out, business stops. In this case, business came to a halt. We couldn't do anything because this one person was out. That's the leader's job to make sure that there's multiple people that can at least back up and your whole process and business doesn't stop if that one person is out. Um, here's another problem. Uh, uh, issue number six, not allowing decisions to be made. So this goes back to the multiple approvers of decisions and hiring decisions and whatnot. But when you have people in a certain role, you have to give them uh, empowerment to make decisions. Otherwise, you don't have people that are leaders. You have people that are just merely order takers. When you have leaders in those positions, you have to empower them to make decisions, which also means as the leader of the organization, I've got to be okay with them making decisions that are wrong and us failing at times. And that's all part of success is that's going to happen. But I have to, that's the only way I'm going to develop people that truly have ownership is if I give them decision-making ability. If I, as the CEO of the company, am involved in every single decision, then I'm not, I can only build a small organization. I can't scale it. It's impossible. Jeff Bezos is not involved in every decision in that uh, organization. Uh, number seven is redundancies. I see many things in companies where, uh, and this happens sometimes from a customer standpoint. Have you ever gone on a website and you filled that information and then you're connected with somebody and then you have to give them that information that you just gave on the website, or you make a call to a company and you give them all your information and then they pass you off to another department and you got to give them all the information again. Very frustrating. Redundancies in process, redundancies in gathering information, redundancies in serving clients ultimately slows down process, slows down that organization. Uh, the last one is the leader being too involved in everything. And this ties in a little bit to what I was saying, but I see leaders that are those control freaks that want to know everything that's going on in the company everything with every person. They want to be involved in every single raise decision, every bonus decision, hiring decision, firing decision, performance management, new uh, decisions around product changes, service changes, marketing, IT, uh, compliance. They want to be involved in every single aspect of everything. And it's just impossible. It goes back to my prior point where you're only going to build an organization that's so big and really small because you're only going to be, you're going to be limited by your own capacity. So as a great leader, you have to be willing to step back and empower those people and have your direct reports that are ultimately going to be the ones that are going to be uh, hands-on and getting in deep. So uh, in any event, just few things that I see leaders do that are slowing down organizations. Hopefully one of these may have just uh, hit a nerve with you and causes a change, which is great. I'd love to hear from you directly on some of the other things because I'm sure there's many, many more things on this list that you may see in your organization or as a leader. Um, I'd love to learn about it. We'll make it part two of a future podcast episode. So again, hope you got some value out of this. Keep liking, keep sharing, keep commenting, subscribing, all that kind of good stuff. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.